Yes, yes, yes. Good morning, everybody. Or in this case, a morning you probably wish you could forget. It is I, Ultra, joined on this very special edition of the podcast by my partner in crime, Darby. Darby, how are you doing this morning dealing with post-traumatic soccer disorder? Right. That's, I'm, I'm exhausted. Oh, I pulled myself up out of bed for that. And now I'm going to be tired the rest of the day. Just, you know, and, and every time I try to take a nap, I will fall asleep and see that score line and wake with a yeah. start. Yeah, it wasn't good. It really, really wasn't. Um, you know, we could we could start any number of places from the complete lack of effort and heart to the complete and total annihilation by Sweden. Uh, all the way to the almost complete shell shockness of them getting scored. And, you know, we recorded a podcast yesterday that probably isn't going to see the light of day because I'm going to have to re-edit a lot of it. But in that podcast, we mentioned that, you know, what would happen if Sweden scored first and kind of came out and attacked the U.S. and how they would respond. And I think the overall consensus was we weren't sure how they would respond. Um and we found out how they would respond, and the answer was not well. It's not good. Not good. No. <laughs> um. So, I guess there's plenty of places to start here. But Darby, why don't we start by just breaking down overall what happened in the game, and then we'll go into the more opinionated pieces of what I'm sure is going to be a very heated podcast. So first and foremost, game started at 4:30 a.m. Eastern time on time. CONCACAF, U.S. soccer, take a hint, you know, follow some guidance, list the actual start time on time, you cowards. Uh, but nevertheless, listed at 4.30, started at 4.30, right on the dot, go to, go to the Olympics. Um, and right from the get-go, I mean, almost from kickoff, it was just all Sweden all the way through. Um the first 15, 20 minutes, it was just a consistently nonstop building of goals that should have gone in and had Sweden not just ultimately failed to convert. This game probably could have been seven or eight to nothing easily, easily. Um, the eventually Sweden did put one in, you know, from there, you, the overall consensus from the team was, okay, maybe they'll wake up, go coming out of the hydration break. There was a very brief moment of, of spark, so to speak, coming out of the hydration break um, that led to a near goal at the end of the end of the first half, went off the post. Uh, wonderful post shot. Our favorite our favorite player on the team, post, um, came up clutch. We're going into the second half. We assumed that the U.S. would come out like a bat out of hell, as one could easily put two and two together. Some questionable decisions taking off Alex Morgan at half. Uh, that was definitely a selection that was made. You know, you expect to see someone like Morgan come off at like the 60th minute, but when you're down, I think it was 2-2 two, two at that point, or no, it was one nothing coming out of half. Uh, you expect to keep Alex Morgan on. 
basically going into the second half again, the U.S. very briefly from the start of the second half had some control, a little bit of momentum that was completely destroyed by another Sweden goal. You assumed at this point that surely the U.S. would wake up. Um, and again, same story for about a minute. There was some some crisp passing. And then we entered this weird five to ten minute phase where everything looked like it was going to go upward. And you could almost feel like maybe maybe they were here now because they were making crisp passes. They had a lot of good looks. They had another goal go off of a post off of a wide open net. I mean, there's there's no reason you hit the post on that shot, but they did. And then literally 30 to 45 seconds after that, they got scored on and that was all she wrote. Uh, and then they really didn't look at all competitive for the rest of the match. Darby, what are your thoughts on all of that? I mean, Vlatko needs to go check his notebook and see if he may have prepared the girls for a wrong team. Like, did we think that we were playing someone different this morning? Because they were just, they were just wildly unprepared. Sweden came in looking like they knew exactly who our players were, exactly where our weak spots were, and just nailed them again and again and again. Whereas the the United States team came out looking like they had never heard of Sweden, perhaps, um, and and just had no idea how to how to play against their precision. They they were just unprepared. I don't know if it was hubris. I don't know if it was jet lag. I don't know if Flatco's journal just got him got him set up for the wrong team, but they were just not they were not the team. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's an interesting situation because we're so used to being on the other side of these, you know, three zero, four zero, three one victories. This is arguably and I've I've been alive for, for twenty eight years. This is arguably the worst performance I've ever seen from the U.S. women's national team, hands down. Um, in a competitive, it's definitely the worst I've seen in a competitive event, for sure. Olympics, World Cup, like, this, this is, in my entire life, this is the worst I think I can remember ever them seeing. Um, I don't know, like you said, whether it was purely that they just were overconfident or whether they were horribly underprepared, maybe they didn't play enough warm-up games against strong teams going in. What I do know is that we were all talking about gold medal match plans, and I'm not sure we're going to advance out of the group. I mean, there's a very real chance we may not make it out of this group because you still have Australia, who is a top 10 ranked team in, in the world, and then you have New Zealand, who, if we play like this, I mean, you know... It wouldn't be hard for you, me, and the switch the pitch staff to beat them, because it it, it wasn't good. It, there was no redeeming qualities about this 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 game. Right. That's that's exactly it. I'm an old woman with a bad hip, and I'm feeling really good going into a match against that team last night. This morning, exactly. I, was. I just I look look. We could we could sit here and do a, a four and a half hour long episode on each individual player's failings because nobody nobody was good. Um, the one exception being the goalkeeper who had to play a lot of, a lot of attempted bailouts, but even, 
even the goalkeeper had a little bit a little bit of shakiness. Um, you know, we look we look at what happened and you just kinda have to sit there and you question you know, how do you fix it? Because it it's not like it's not like this was a friendly where you can go back, regroup, and change some things. Like the team you got is the team you got at this point. Um, I mean, so we're stuck with who we got. And the midfield was straight up atrocious. I mean, there is no no if ands or buts about it. I mean, it was it was it, it, it was an embarrassment. I mean, I'll 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 be blunt and I'll go on a soapbox here. I have never been more embarrassed to be a U.S. Women's National Team fan than I was last last night slash this morning. And here's why: I'm used to the U.S. Men's Team letting me down, right? Like that's that's already ingrained into my into my psyche that when the U.S. Men's National Team plays, I'm arguably gonna be disappointed, and I'm okay with that. Thank you, Trinidad and Tobago, for making me learn that lesson. However, however, when it comes to the women, I'm not used to being blown out and embarrassed. By a team that, while good, is not on our level and shouldn't be on our level. You know, I don't mind losing, right? Like, that's, that's not what I'm angry about. I understand you're not going to win every match. It's an unrealistic expectation to think you're going to. However, I think it's perfectly reasonable to want to have the team play with effort and heart. If we were to have lost that game 3-0 and it just was we didn't we had a lot of chances and we just didn't convert and it was unlucky, okay, you know, bounce back, whatever. We didn't. We didn't deserve to be on the field with Sweden, let alone only lose by three. And that—that's what I think. I think it was a complete embarrassment and a hundred percent unacceptable for a team of the U.S. women's caliber. Yeah, I mean, we we talked in in the last pod about you know, are are we gold or bust? And I said I was gold or bust. And if we manage to to come anywhere close to a podium. I, I, I do not see gold at this point. Um, if we managed, if we managed to get close to a podium, any podium at the end of this Olympics, I am still going to be wildly disappointed. Like it doesn't matter what you bring home at this point, that performance, I, I want, I, I don't, I don't even know what I want. Like I haven't had the wherewithal between my naps this morning to look up post-match interviews, um, any statements that the players or Vlatko has made. Um, but, but like it, and it feels stupid and white lady to be like, I want answers, but I want to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that's reasonable. And I think, uh, you know, we talked, we talked last night right after the game briefly. And I told you that, you know, anything short, and I put out the tweet and switched the pitch. If you got first and foremost, let me plug this. If you guys want to go on a roller coaster and you haven't seen the game yet, you go ahead and watch the game tonight and read my tweet along with it because you can just see what it was like at 4.30 a.m. this morning being being the ultra attempting to live tweet this game without cursing on an official medium. Because let me tell you. That was difficult, but it is a roller coaster. If you get a chance, by all means, just go and look through Darby's and I's feed starting at 4.30 a.m. this morning, and you will have a great time. Right. Uh, I, that being said. I did not stop myself from the cursing. I was like, you're, yeah. you're nagging switch the bitch in yours. I am letting go. 
Yeah, I unfortunately had to be very, very pointed in what I said because I was the official match tweeter. So I couldn't be like, fuck this, fuck you, fuck them, fuck that, which is what I wanted to say. I wanted to say I've never been more embarrassed in my fucking life. But instead, I had to be like, you know, hopefully they use it as a wake up call, which translates to figure it the fuck out. Um, But essentially, you know, one of the things we talked about after the match and one of the things I put out was anything short of Blacko and the team coming out and saying we just sucked and we got outworked and we got outplayed and we're embarrassed and we won't let it happen again. Like we're telling you we won't let it happen again is is a failure to me. And you bring up a good point, which is that let's say they go undefeated for the rest, the rest of this tournament and win gold, right? To me, there's still going to be that sour taste of Sweden because first off, Sweden – Sweden is a rival for me when I think of the U.S. women. Like, I consider Sweden to be one of our rivals. We play them a lot. They knocked us out of the last Olympics. Fine. Whatever. You don't want to lose to your rivals in an embarrassing fashion on the world stage. And I get it. I understand that no team has ever won a World Cup and an Olympic gold in the same cycle in the history of the women's game. It's never happened because it's incredibly hard to do. However... However, yeah, not even the U.S. women have done it, surprisingly. I don't know how that hasn't happened, but it has never happened where where it has been the the, the same cycle both for some reason. Um, that being said, I just, for me, don't understand how how you you can you as a player can be OK with that. I, I just I, I hope that there is a pure level of pissed offness and anger in that locker room right now. But even if they bring home gold, Darby, I'm not sure that it still feels like a victory. I don't think so. I mean, and it's, you know, like you said, teams teams have, have losses. You don't expect perfection all the time, but you do expect effort and, and you do expect a team to come prepared. Um, and, and it's not even like, you know, next year, next year, I expect to lose a lot because some of these folks are just not going to be able to continue. Um, some of our aging um, favorites and not so favorites, um, Carly Lloyd, uh, will will only be able to hang on for so long. And we are going to have a big rebuilding time when we lose folks like Carly Lloyd, Pino, you know, some, some of our older players and, and yeah, there will be a, a perfectly logical reason to say, this is a rebuilding time. We're working on, on backfilling our talent, la, 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 la. Uh, you know, despite the fact that we've had uh, rotating B squads, basically for this entire time, we've, we've just had people that have hung on to that starting 11 spot or, or super sub spot for so long that, they haven't been able to completely develop the next, the next generation in. And, and yeah, there will be some losses at that point where I'll go, gosh, you know, you're right. You know, these, none of these people have more than 10 caps, like, yeah, those sorts of things. But that, that was not today. And, and, and maybe what it was is we've held on to some of those players and some of that weight too long to, to the detriment of the, the development of our next generation because good lord 
you know, here's the thing, right? And this is this is this is this is the truth of the matter. Um, every every great nation, soccer nation, goes through these phases, right? It it, it happens. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. Where you have a really strong strong period, and then you have a rebuilding phase. The question always is, how long is the rebuilding phase? I expect by by the next World Cup for the women, the U.S. women will be right back where they are, top of the top of the you know whatever you want to call it world league whatever that being said you know i it's tough right because we have arguably the strongest player pool when it comes to women's soccer i don't think i don't think anybody can dispute that um i think that our b c d e f all the way down the z teams are better than some teams a teams um and i i don't say that to be cocky i say that because we have better facilities and even though our federation isn't the best with women, we're much better when, than almost every other federation in the world, which, let me say, is not exactly a resounding endorsement because being the best of a pile of crap still makes you a pile of crap. However, however, it is worth noting that at least they do give some shit about the federation, whereas other countries are like, there's women that exist and can play sports? So, like, you know, when you look at it like that, we have that going for us. That being said, other countries are starting to wake up and realize that, oh, crap, our women can do things. And they're starting to funnel money into their program. So I do think that we found ourselves, and this is going to sound weird. I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but I don't care. And we're going to find ourselves in the exact same situation that the men found themselves in and had to fix, which is that we did not actually play any different last night than we've played in the last four, five, six years. The only thing that happened last night was we played a team who figured out how to beat us. And we, you know, even under Jill Ellis, and people aren't going to like this, weren't exactly the most tactically advanced side, and we weren't exactly the most tactically driven side. We were just talent-wise so far and beyond better than everybody else that it covered up a lot of our mistakes. And when you look at what happened with the men's team, when they woke up one day and were like, oh, we're not going to the World Cup. We should, like, try to fix that. And they started pouring in a bunch of money into developing the young players and trying to develop some tactics and actually realizing that you can't just run straight up the field every single time and win. They, they basically created what's going to end up being the golden age of U.S. men's soccer because it, it, you can just tell you can look at it and tell me it's better. The women have the opposite problem. They've never had to realize or wrestle with the fact that they have to actually, at one point, they will be playing teams that can be on their level. And I think we're there now. Because if you look at the tactic that we ran out last night, it wasn't any different than what we played against Mexico. You look at the, the actual way we played the game, wasn't any different than the way we played in any of the last cycles. The only difference was Sweden outplayed us. Sweden out tacticked us and Sweden just made us look like crap. But all of this is to say that, yes, part of the problem is that we've basically held on to players, whether it's out of respect for what they've done or whether it's because of nostalgia, who needed to kind of rotate out. I understand bringing a player in here, a player or two here who's a veteran, right? Like, okay, that makes sense. You know, you want that presence. 
But when 95% of your team are people who are going to age out after this Olympics, you're basically stunting the growth of the next generation. And that is in itself a big problem. And we'll have to see what the after effects of that look like. Right. Well, I think, I, I mean, I think we've, I think we've hit all of it. I know that this wasn't going to be a super long podcast. I don't have an hour to spend because I have to go to the dentist where I might get a root canal, which will be more oh, enjoyable than that 3.30 a.m. match. <laughs> so I have one, I have one little soapbox issue to go off of and yes. then we will call it a day. Do it. So this is this is going to be pointed at people on a you know this is going to get heated so bear with me so this one will be more explicit um you know prior to last night or this morning the u.s women were on a 45 match unbeaten streak um and as expected the insole men of the world upon the u.s women losing a match decided to take it upon themselves to parade around social media and all throughout the world screaming, we shouldn't pay them equally. They lost. And, you know, here's here's the thing, okay? I'll put it blunt. You know, I, for one, can't wait to watch the U.S. men's match in the Olympics. Uh, but, uh, oh, wait, that's right. They didn't qualify. But surely, surely they had a good result in the last world. Oh, didn't qualify for the last World Cup either? Well, you know, maybe, maybe, and hear me out here, we should be not pointing fingers at the team that has actually played a competitive match in the last five years instead of, you know, jerking off the team who essentially can't seem to figure out how to qualify for a major tournament. And I say it like this because, look, this isn't an argument. This isn't a debate. This is this is not a, oh, you get paid based on performance. Because if that was the case, the U.S. men's national team would never receive any money ever, period, full stop. I mean, like, no, no... I dare, I honest to God fucking dare somebody to sit here with a straight face and tell me that if we were paying players based off performance, that you would want to give any of your hard-earned money to the U.S. men's team. You can't. You legitimately can't. You there, You cannot. And if you attempt to do it, congratulations, you're full of shit. Um, and so I say this because, you know, when you look... <laughs> When you look at the reaction on social media, there were arguably more people celebrating this loss in America than there were celebrating any of the wins, the previous World Cups or anything. And it's fucking sickening and it's gross. And it, it, it's, it's so mind boggling because, again, let's just let's just talk strict strict backs here, regardless of performance on field. The argument that somebody should be paid less because of their gender is just wrong. Like there's there's no there's no leg to stand on. And I can't express to people how asinine you look when you try to sit with a straight face and make the argument that because someone literally has tits, they should be paid less than somebody who doesn't. Like that it makes it makes zero sense. You get nobody nobody should be paid less. You should be paid based off of the work that you're doing. And that's not to say that if you start doing poorly, you get paid less. If the job description is social media director and the job description says $75,000, it does not come with a caveat of $75,000 if you have a penis. And I, 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 hate to, I hate to be blunt like this, but it's just the honest truth of the matter. So when we're talking about something like people taking victory laps, 
because the U.S. women's team lost the match. And now they're like, ah, well, we can't pay them equally because they lost. Just get the fuck out of here. Like straight up, just just there's the door. Like yeet yourself out of it because I just I don't I I cannot express just how stupid it is. And Darby, we talked about this. We literally talked about this on the podcast. I said, do you think if they lose a match, it's going to cause something like this and a distraction? And you were like, it might, you know, we're not sure. I don't think either of us saw it being a distraction quite like this. And it just, it, it blows, it blows my fucking mind. I, I mean, be better. Just straight up be better. Right. Well, and like, whenever we talked about it on the podcast before, it, it was really to, in, in my mind was like, if we, if we go out there and we play hard and we lose a match that we fought for, we still fought for the match, right? Like we still put in the work. Um, this morning, we didn't necessarily put in the work, but still we showed up for the work and, and women still deserve to get paid. Like it, it's absolutely insane. It, it hurts me down so deep that we are still in a place where we have to have conversations like this. Like the men lose all the time. You've never called for the men to stop being paid. The women lose once in 45 matches and you're ready to send them home to take care of their children. Right? Like, just, just, yeah, like you said, and, stop. Yeet yourself into the sun for all I care. Like, please. it's, and having it's, to it's deal rough, with this level right? of misogyny because... still in this world is, is one of the reasons why Switch the Pitch exists. Right? It's it's the pure reason, like and it's it's rough because I, uh, I don't know the exact term. I was I'm a bi- I was born a biological male, um, and even though I identify as non-binary, you know I, <laughs> I have seen some of the shit that goes down, right? Um, and I've been around the dude bros, and I've seen some of the stuff that you know. I will admit that when I was younger, I've definitely said some things that you know were very dude broy and it comes from a culture, right? Where it's just, this is how we're raised. And it was, it's deemed acceptable, even though it never should be. But, you know, that being said, having become non-binary and come out of that and having lived through all of the stuff that I'm living through now, and just, you know, in my own career, having to work twice as hard as a DJ, just because I identify as non-binary in a majority cisgender gay dominated scene. This is an issue that's very close to my heart because you know, again, it's it's not it's not like we're talking about a situation where the women are saying pay us more. It's not like whether we're talking about a situation where the women are saying, well, fuck everybody else, just us. All they're asking for is the basic human decency to be paid an equal and fair wage. Um, and when you see people taking shots at the U.S. women being like, oh, well, you know, Oh, they lost the match, or oh, this isn't worth equal pay. What, 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 what the, what the fuck metrics are we using? Because again, they're at least in the tournament, and if your metric for they don't deserve equal pay is they lost the game in the tournament, then does that mean we just dissolved the men's team because they weren't even there? Like, it, I'm just, I'm so tired of this double standard, and um, you know, I, I hope this doesn't derail things. And here's the kicker of the whole thing. Despite all of the ass hattery that the the U.S. Soccer Federation does, and despite all 
of the stupidity that the U.S. women or the U.S. women have to endure and the U.S. Federation gives them. The U.S. Soccer Federation has never, ever come out and said that we don't believe in the concept of equal pay. They have they have said that, you know, they don't agree with how it's being implemented. But the words we don't think women should be paid equally have never come out of their mouth. The defense has always been we pay them equally in different ways. So when you see cisgender straight men touting the, well, equal pay, they shouldn't be paid equally, who have no idea what the argument's even about, um, it, it just it, it's hilarious because even the Federation is like, listen, we aren't against the concept of equal pay. We're just saying we think we pay you equally in different ways. And that's always been the heart of the disagreement. The women want to be paid in straight up salary and cash like the men. Um, and that's that's what's the funniest part about this to me is that they're, they're, it's just people who have no idea what's going on. And it's wrong and it's stupid. And I hope to God that all the men who are bitching and complaining somehow like get kicked in the dick over the next 48 hours. And maybe that'll make them feel a little less shitty about their own lives and stop projecting on women who are really, really talented. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they've, they've seen an opportunity to wave their smelly dick around about it. And if it doesn't get kicked at least once, feminists are not out doing the Lord's work. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, um, we will we will leave it there. We we will be back, I think, for sure after after the New Zealand match because it may be the match that eliminates us. Um, that match is on Saturday at seven thirty a.m. Eastern time, I believe. So we all get to sleep in a little bit. So that'll be fun. Um, so look forward to that. But yeah, uh, you know, we had originally planned for this to be like a five six minute wrap up, but. As we said, catastrophic disaster coming up clutch. Nothing comes easy in the Olympics, apparently, or easy for us at all when it comes to the U.S. women. Um, so with that in mind, Darby, I'll let you have the closing word here. I, I think the closing word is that I'm really going to need to see something on Saturday. I'm really going to need to see the women redeem themselves. And, and I'll be waiting with bated breath on social media to see what they all have to say about what happened this morning. All right. Why don't you give them the rundown of where they can find us and all of our thanks to everybody. All right. Well, um, you can contact us via email contact at switch the pitch soccer.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at switch the pitch and the number one, uh, Facebook is fb.me slash switch the pitch and uh thanks so much to jana pokop and one two three scream for our podcast anthem the links to their uh, websites will be in the show notes and what about our podcast editor <laughs> so I, I can't oh yes and a big editor. thanks to joshua slaughter aka stripes aka very unusual for our podcast editing and with that in mind we will see you guys on saturday hopefully with more exciting news and uh, remember, it can only get better from here. So good night, good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye.